Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Warriors 24. I'm Rick Barry, along with my partner in crime, Cyrus Hatches, <laughs> the surf man himself. Yes, I, I got to see you surfing one of these days. But you know what? I thought it was appropriate that we start today's show off with something we've used in the past. We're not going to talk about the same thing, but I think the song itself is appropriate. So hit it, Cyrus. Hallelujah. Yes, that's right, folks. I think it, that's such an appropriate song right now because the NBA may have saved the all-star game <laughs> with the rules change. The last quarter was the way they should be playing the whole game, but it really made it enjoyable to watch. And thank goodness, because it's been decades and decades with horrible basketball. Basically, they should have renamed it, I was saying, the NBA All-Star Exhibition. Not a game, an exhibition. And at least this time we had a game in the fourth quarter. They got after it. And I think it may have saved the, well, part of the game at least. Anyway. <laughs> Your thoughts, Cyrus? Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was I, – you when you first – when we first had the discussion about this new format – you know, I was skeptical, and, and my skepticism came from the description of it. This was not an easy format to describe. You loved it right away. I mean, you were one of the first ones to, to embrace this. I love it. And, and in fact, you know, I don't know if it's realistic to suggest this, but why not at least consider and approach the idea of implementing what is known as the Elam ending format to the NBA period? And I'd love to know what your thoughts are because I've never seen a fourth quarter of basketball set up in an exciting way like that. It was like being on the playground, you know, first to 21, right? That's usually how, you, how it works on the playground, at least in the old days. I loved it, Rick. What do you think about making this a permanent thing for regular season in the playoffs? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they can do that because there's too much history in the game and all the records that were there to be almost like starting something completely different. And But then again, we can also play another song, whatever you want to say, to say, hey, you really screwed up. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know all the lyrics of all songs, but that would be the one that would be appropriate for another aspect of what they did. Again, sometimes tinkering is good. Sometimes tinkering is bad. And do you have an idea of what I'm saying the tinkering was bad for in the All-Star weekend on Saturday? Are you referring to the extra three-point shot or are you referring to Thank the Thank you very much. The three-point okay, yeah. shot. Why would you screw with the one true competition that actually gets the winner who performs best doing that particular skill? Yeah, there's no Why do they want to throw yeah. all that stupid stuff in there? And here's the deal. <laughs> so if you get hot, right? Is it good? You get hot and you happen to hit all of the balls on the rack with the, with the money balls, you could win with making fewer shots than the opponent. What the hell true. is that? That's true. Seriously. What, this, why, it wasn't broken. Why are they trying to fix it? I don't know. I, I, I'm personally, I'm never a fan of making changes just to make a change. You know, like trying to achieve progress. If it without, ain't broke, don't yes. fix it. I agree. 
I mean, I, I'm guessing they implemented it thinking of Steph Curry and, and players like that who shoot those really deep threes, but yeah, it was the three weird. point shot is the three. It was absolutely fine the way it was. It was always it was enjoyable. It was a true competition that whoever shoots the best is going to win. Now, you might get a little lucky by whether or not you make the money ball or not. But there's only one money ball in each rack and everybody has the same chance. But it was as close as you can come to having a real definitive opportunity. Now, the big thing is, if you really wanted to do it, take the money ball out. That eliminates that aspect of it because realistically you could win with making fewer shots because you made more money balls. Right. Right. So it had a flaw. It had a flaw in it. So if you were going to do something in an effort to make it better so that you had no doubt as to who the winner was and you took the luck element out as to whether you made money balls, more money balls or not. I don't know who came up with that one either, but just (laughs) leave Leave it down to who makes the most shots. Simple. Yeah. You, you know, your son, Canyon, and I, we should talk about him because uh, there's big news regarding the Olympics and your son, Canyon. Uh, he tweeted out that he was clearly not pleased with the slam dunk contest. I have zero emotional attachment to the slam dunk event. What do you, what do you think? I mean, what did you think about that? Was Gordon, Gordon I mean, how many times do you have to get screwed out of being a champion in the I slam know. dunk contest? Twice. I mean, he got rook against Max, uh, you know, Le, uh, Levin. And when those guys had it, they, they, they had a great competition. That was, I mean, after you took out all of the props and everything else, you know, obviously you go back to the one that I did a little piece on. I think they used a little bit of it against Jordan and Dominique back in Chicago mm-hmm. years ago. But then they started bringing props and all the other stuff in. I think the best competition was, was Zach and, and, and Gordon. I mean, seriously, that was awesome. And it I was. still, I saw the replay of the, of the dunk when Gordon went over the Puff the Magic Dragon for the Orlando Magic. To, to jump over him and have his legs straight out, parallel to the court, parallel to the <laughs> court going over this guy, taking the ball under his legs and body and slamming it in, I, I, I don't know how you can have a better dunk than that. That was an unbelievable dunk. And it then was. to wind up losing in that one, and then the same thing here, to wind up losing? I mean, he jumps <laughs> over a seven-foot-six guy? I mean... Anyway, I, I don't know what the heck the people were thinking. Those judges should be ashamed of themselves. And I don't know what it is about feeling that they have to have a winner. I mean, so what? Hey, they both won. Share the title. Well, I read a report that the judges were supposed to award an equal score at the end, but somebody messed up. I, I, I can't recall who it was that was interviewed. He was one of the judges, and he said somebody in our panel messed up and didn't give that perfect score. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it should have been a tie. Just should have been. I, I, don't, I don't understand what happened. Yeah, there, I but. feel badly for Gordon in doing that, but he put on another great performance. Uh, yeah. But still, I mean, and, and then they had to screw around with the three-point shot. Um, yeah, <laughs> anyway. It's, I mean, come but, on, guys. Just, about- anyway, I'm, just happy, I'm just happy that, that the fourth quarter was, was very competitive and, and that kind of saved things. I really do believe that was the case. And, and here's the deal. I mean, I'm sure that it had to do with the, with the captains of the team trying to encourage their guys to to get a victory and get the money for for that. But then the pride was, I mean, they were down. LeBron's team was down, and they mm-hmm. they played great in order to overcome the deficit and and to get the victory. So yeah, it was it was it was fun to see that. And you know that see, I like to see greatness. 
I mean, the other stuff, entertaining yes. and stuff. Yeah, fine. Okay, you want to do yes. that? Just you know what you do for that? Just let the guys, you know, say, hey, we're going to have a little bit of exhibition, have some fun with the guys, and then let's go. Let's play two half, two quarters of that kind of basketball. Play, play a quarter or do a bunch of stuff where you just kind of play and have some fun. That means nothing. And then play that other quarter and see what the deal is. And then whoever has there, you, you know, add 24 points. on. I don't know. It was very convoluted to have to get to the point, but it, it did work to some extent. So congratulations, I, NBA, on that. And put the three-point competition back to the way it was, please. <laughs> so take out those two green balls or those two green spots that are incredibly deep. Yeah, the, the original Elam format, the way it was originally designed, and I, can't, I don't know what this, this, this annual basketball contest is that they, they have this format in, but originally the way it was set up was with four minutes remaining in the game, you whoever is in the lead only needs to score seven more points to win the game and they eventually up that number to eight and then for this all-star game though they decided to make make it the whole fourth quarter whoever reaches 24 first in honor of kobe i mean rick i'm looking at this format and and again the first three quarters are played exactly the same the only difference is in the fourth you, you no longer will have those gimme free throws from the intentional fouls right i mean and i think that's what made it so exciting from the spectator perspective is that that look free throws to me are like field goals in football, right? I mean, they're, they're needed. They're important. Clearly sometimes very high pressure, but they're also the most be careful. Be careful. Be what, careful. Why, why, why? Be careful. What? Be careful of talking about free throws. I know. I'm not, I'm not saying you're talking to, <laughs> I know, I know, I know that, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, only, I'm not I'm advocating for, you. I know, but I'm not advocating for getting rid of them or for eliminating them, but you know, they are, they are not the reason why people tune in to watch the NBA. I mean, free throws are probably the most boring aspect. It's, it's your bathroom break, whatever you want to call it. And to get rid wait of... Second, wait a second. You're telling me that when I shot my free throws, people went to the bathroom? Well, if it was the second quarter, maybe. <laughs> it was the second quarter, you know, maybe. Uh, but, you know, and, I don't know, in your case, I doubt it because your underhanded format was so unique that that alone made it pretty interesting. But uh, so I, I, I love the fact that all of a sudden you have at the end of a game now, instead of this weird, boring strategy of fouling for free throws and stopping the clock, that's gone. And now it comes down to whoever reaches this score first. And, I mean, dude, those players were into it. Well, you had, still, you know, yeah, I know, but they'll still foul. Yeah, but why would you at that point? I mean, because you, you're well, trying to Well, because the guy's going to miss the free throw and you'll get the ball back. Well, you're hoping for that, yeah. Well, but that's, you'll still, trust me, if who are dependent on the game, they'll still foul. But we didn't, if it's a blowout, maybe, but we didn't see any fouls intentionally at the end of this game. I, I still don't see why you would ever intentionally foul at this point. If why? You're trying to prevent of course it, you would. Well, if you're trying to prevent a team from getting to 160, for example, right, and they're at 155, why would you let well, them? Well, at 155, I mean, yeah, but when you get close to it, I mean, you're taking. That's but what I'm talking then, about. Even then, a possession is worth one point something, so you actually come ahead if the guy only give him one point. So I still think that in some situations, depending who was in the game and what their percentage was and how bad a free throw shooter would, yeah. would I as a coach would still foul sometimes. Okay, yeah, but it would be way less. Would but it would agree? no, it wouldn't be any. It wouldn't be as as crazy as it. Uh, yeah, it gets. Of course, don't they know. don't allow that in the last two minutes now. If the guy doesn't have the ball, yeah, and and you know you're right. In in all likelihood, you're right. They're never going to implement this permanently. But it's it's a wrinkle, and I loved it. 
It was the first time. I mean, I mean, we were seeing players out there pissed at referees for taking for bad charges. <laughs> taking charge, yes, and, and they called the charges even twice. It was, actually, it was actually a very good call. It was a good was. call, and same the other offensive foul was a good call as well. So kudos to the officials for actually blowing their whistle when they should have been blowing. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. It was just crazy. It was. It was. You're right. I, I cannot remember a more entertaining All Star game, and and you were especially critical of this game. And if you loved it. There's, they're doing something right there. I didn't say I loved it. I just said it was, it was a way of salvaging it, okay? I didn't say I loved it. I, I really I enjoyed the fourth quarter, but I didn't love the whole game because it still wasn't a real yes. game from start to finish. That's true. It was a great fourth quarter. Agreed. Uh, let's Should we hype up your boy, Canyon? I mean, we talked about this no, previously. No, no, here's the deal. I, I'm, hey, Robbie and the other guys who did it, who made the team, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really kind of an interesting story uh, when you – when you really look at it mm-hmm. and I know everybody's making fun. Oh yeah. Well, these guys can't play. And I'm, Hey, you know what? You're representing your country. It's a great opportunity. I know my son is, is stoked about this, a chance to represent the country again. Yes. He had a chance to stand there with USA on his chest and hear the national anthem with a gold medal around his neck for the, for the world cup and winning that world, that title. Uh, I mean, it was an incredible experience. He loves the three on three game. Why? Because you got to know how to play, to play mm-hmm. that game with the rules that they have. It's about learning how to know, move without the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball, just play the game to its ultimate degree. That's what basketball is, three-on-three. Games in basketball are one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. The most fun Mm -hmm. is the three-on-three aspect. And if you know how to play it properly, it's really fun to to compete that way. And so that's, you know, that's basically what what they're doing. And I I think that, you know, I'm really happy for these guys because – Three of them were from the from the championship team when they were able to do that. Uh, Robbie Humble, who was actually voted the player of the year for USA Basketball, who played at mm-hmm. Purdue University and was in the NBA for a little bit. And then uh, Kareem Maddox, who played at Princeton. Uh, he was on the team as well. And then the other player now is, is, they call him Disco Domo, Dominique Jones, who played at Fort Hayes State University in uh, and he's from Harlem, New York, and had a tough life growing up. And he's a, he's an exciting guy who can really handle it. All the thing is is the size. But the thing is, that's where you can get in trouble a little bit because of the size. Most of these other teams have pretty good sized people, you know, six feet and above. And here's a very small guy, but he's he's quite an offensive uh, performer. I mean, he reminds you a little bit maybe of an Allen Iverson type, the way he can handle it. He shoots the heck out of it. He can pass the ball and do things. But the, the concern is what happens if they want to go post him up and get him in the post and be able to take advantage of him. Well, the beauty of this is, is that you only get one point if you do that. And you get two points for a, a shot behind the line. It's not three point. It's two points for the long it's, distance it's, shot. It's playground so, rules, yeah. So, yeah. And so the thing is, because they become so much more potent offensively because he's really – very difficult guy to be able to guard. And so if he fits in and gels in with playing the type of basketball like they played in the World Cup where they pass, they move, they cut, they played unselfishly, it's going to be very difficult to defend the team because especially when they have, if they have Robbie and him uh, just go in there and, uh, and Canyon, they have three guys who can shoot the ball. So you have to guard them. So now it's so easy to make bat cucks and you pass and do stuff. It's very difficult to defend three guys who can all shoot it because you got to be up on them. And Canyon's good about getting past people. Then you don't have to worry about somebody come over to help out. So they could be very effective with that when that lineup's in there. So it's going to be fun to see what happens. I'm happy for him. As we said, uh, we need probably to have a disco domo. We need probably more of the domo, not maybe as much as the disco, trying to do it too much on your own. But he's, he's a nice player and a great story. and seems like a terrific young man who's working with, uh, you know, with kids in a, in a tough place to have to have grown up. 
And it's a really nice story. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's getting the opportunity. And he did have success. I think he played on the Pan Am gold medal team at three-on-three. Three. And he's an outstanding three-on-three three player. So I'm well, excited he's an outstanding for those players, guys. period. But you know, I have, I have a, so I have three questions for you. One is, who is actually disrespecting the three-on-three three game? You said a lot of people are diminishing the, the value. Oh, yeah, a lot of, of writers have read stories about, oh, oh yeah, guys, you know, we took LeBron and we took KD and did all that stuff. Well, it's not about having – our, our professionals being playing the three on three right. game. You know, it's about having other people other than guys who are current NBA players participating. And a lot of these guys have had some of them had experience. A lot of them have played on national teams before mm-hmm. in some of these countries. And so it, it's, it's basketball at its purest form. And that's what the game is designed to be. The game is different. It's different than the big three game because the way the rules are, I and mean, this is a really fast paced, quick, game you shoot the ball you make a basket you grab the ball you go it's only 12 seconds i mean this is fast you got to be in shape i mean and oh the shot clock's 12 12 oh well yeah that is fast okay and, and, uh, and it's only and it's a 10 minute game it stops it out of bounds and fouls and all but the game is fast and, and you can't I be messing that. around you, you make the free throw they get it boom they're out they're passing they're moving they're going trying to you know run cuts and plays and trying to get their shots and it's it's kind of fun and it's, it's played outdoors I do love that. So the wind is actually an element. So the factor is, so you got to worry about the wind. I mean, so there's a lot of elements to it. There really is. I'm just excited for Canyon to get that opportunity to once again represent his country. And hopefully they'll have to finish third or better to qualify for the Olympics. It's it's still mind-boggling to me how you can win the world championship in June of one year and not qualify for the Olympics the next. But it is what it is. And now they've got to finish third with 20 teams. They have to finish third or better in order to qualify for the Olympics. And so I'm hoping that happens, that maybe yeah. he can do that, and hopefully they'll like the team and keep them together and not try to put somebody else together and take any of those guys off of it. I think if they earn the right to qualify, they should be able to play in the Olympics. I, I really believe that. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that will happen. And I'll be, I'll be thrilled for my son because he'll get to do something. He's already done something on the World Cup thing that I never mm-hmm. had a chance to do. I got to wear a USA uniform one time in an exhibition against this, the then Soviet Union team. Uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I still remember it was the most proud I've ever felt hearing the national anthem standing there just with the USA on my chest. It wasn't standing there with a gold medal. So for him to have a chance to become an Olympian, uh, I'm just really excited for him because, uh, you know, things haven't gone exactly like I, I would have liked them to gone for him, but he's still been very fortunate. And so he's far, got a wonderful, right? ch- wonderful chance, wonderful chance yeah. now to represent uh, our country. So good for and him. I still think, God, and you know, you, and, and so I guess that answers my second question, which is, I was going to ask if Canyon does make the Olympics and win gold, will he be the first Barry in your family's uh, illustrious lineage to actually earn a gold medal in the Olympics? Yeah, of course. Those, Nobody else has yeah. played on an Olympic team. Yeah. I mean, he won it already by winning the gold in the world champion, the world cup for Interesting. Three, three X three. And then, and then the only other question I have is, are there bench players or are those three? Only eggs? one. Four oh, guys. There is one. No, okay. no, there's four. There's four guys. Okay, there's and what four, they do right. is they do it. It's so fast and paced when they have the thing and a dead ball comes up, they quick and the other guy goes back in, then he goes and he plays. If they're going good, then the next guy comes in. So they're always constantly rotating the guy in and out all the time. It's it's kind of fun. It's fun to watch. And uh we'll it see. Is. I've, never, I've never been to Japan, so I don't know. Maybe maybe this would be the way to go yeah. over. I, just, I know so, I just hosted somebody who's a missionary person that my wife knows who's a great tennis player, came over here mm-hmm. and won a tournament, and uh, they're over there, and so maybe. Maybe you will head over to Japan if he's fortunate enough to make it and makes the Olympic team to, uh, so. to make my first visit and get a chance to, to watch him participating. I think that would be cool. That was me knocking on Of course, on when it's taking boy. place, though, this summer, I probably, I, well, I'm saying maybe my wife will get to go because I'll be coaching in the big three again. I, I'm, I've, nice. I'll be Is back that news? With, 
Is that breaking I'll back, news? I'll be back with the big three again next season. And, nice. uh, and so that's all during the summertime. And, of course, that's when the Olympics are going on. But the beauty of things today, Cyrus, is that I've gotten to watch Canyon play in three different countries when he was playing overseas because of streaming. Oh, my God. Thank God for technology. Because I really, truly can't even express – words are not adequate to express how much I enjoy watching my sons all having played basketball. I loved watching them play. Unfortunately, mm. when the other ones are in college and doing stuff and, and scooter overseas, I either had to go overseas or I never got to see them. In college, difficult. I had to try to get there. Now you get to see everything. It's so incredible to be able to watch, you know, your child playing. And a lot of these games, I'm watching them. I mean, sometimes even live. I mean, depending on the time difference, but wow. How cool is that? I mean, that trust cool. me, if you have a child who's involved, whatever it is they're doing, whether they're a musician, whether they're a singer, if they're doing something and you have the opportunity to be able to watch them do that, it just makes you so proud as a parent. It really does. That's beautiful. And, and you know, Rick, we haven't touched on this earlier and connecting the Warriors to your son, Candy, and is the fact that when that trade happened a few weeks ago that brought Andrew Wiggins in and San D'Angelo Russell and crew to Minnesota, that affected Canyon directly because of the fact that Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans III, who were part of that trade, are now playing for the same G League team that is affiliated with the Timberwolves that your son Canyon also plays for. Was his playing time affected by the yeah, trade? Yeah, big time, actually. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they cater to the guys, or the two-way guys, and then they send down some of their other guys who don't get to play as much. And so when that happens, the other guys that are on the team you know, aren't going to get to play. I mean, when he came back from the, the, the broken fibula bone that he had in his leg, and he, he played the, the eight. They played like eight games. He, mm -hmm. he was finally. They finally got him up where he actually got to be playing to like twenty minutes. But you know, no plays run for him. So he's shooting the ball maybe six times a game or something. Still averaging double figures. Was shooting sixty percent from twos or better and forty seven from threes. I mean, I just. I mean, I don't know what more he can possibly do. Uh, but but he did a terrific job. That's the, both seasons that he's been there. His stats have been terrific. His shooting is pretty good. Uh, it's anyway, that's a whole different subject, but I, I don't have control over it. I don't meddle. I don't talk to the people. I just say, and he lives with it and deals with it. Well, he's the ultimate team player um, and doesn't worry about himself and his stats and just goes out there and plays the game the way it should be played. So I'm just so happy that this happened for him because I know how much he enjoyed his last experience. And yeah. hopefully this will be one that will be an even better experience by qualifying and, and hopefully getting to the Olympics. So we'll see, but enough about talking about, you know, my son's like, that's all right. Him. It's I okay. Mean, it's interesting it's, stuff. Well, well you know, interesting. There's a lot going on in the league and in, 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 in the, well, it is interesting. I, I do think, I mean, look, he's about to be an Olympian. The big three is, is well, maybe another, hopefully, 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 hopefully we'll see. I'll knock on wood again. Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, you know, we have another basketball event in the Olympics. I think that's great news, you know, and Canyon's playing time is affected by two warriors and this big trade. It does surprise me that Amari Spellman is in the G league. I thought the, the, the wolves would play him right away. Jacob Evans, the third, I totally understand, but, uh, you know, shifting gears, by the way, I just saw this in the news. Um, I know the, the Astros cheating scandal is not basketball and it's baseball news. And, and uh, you know, I don't know how interesting anyone listening to this would be with that. But LeBron James did come out, and this was just moments ago, and he said that he admitted, you know, I don't play baseball. This is not my sport. But if a cheating scandal like that happened in basketball, he said he would be irate. That is the word he used. And he went on to say that those cheaters need to be punished in the worst way possible. 
If something like that happened in the NBA, would you agree with that? Like, do you think the Astros got off easy by, by holding on to the World Series title, despite the fact that that was blatantly cheating? And, and what, would you, what would you do if that happened in the NBA, Some, something similar happened? Well, I, I think anybody that's cheating should be severely punished. No question about Agreed. that. I would agree totally with LeBron. I don't always agree with everything LeBron says, but uh, I don't always <laughs> agree with everything that anybody says, to be honest right. with you. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with him on this. I, I do think that's the case. I mean, if you're going to be a champion and you're going to do things the right way, then, and if you're not, then you should be punished. But the thing is, I don't think it's the same situation. I don't think that the entire team should be penalized for an individual doing something. The individual is the one that should be penalized, just like in basketball, right. when right. you have the situation with the coaches who get in trouble and then all of the players who had nothing to do with it get punished. And that's wrong, too. That is wrong. Right? I mean, I it, it's just unfair. I mean, a coach cheats and does something wrong. And so all the schools goes on probation. So all these players who want to go there to try to have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament and win a title, they're denied the opportunity to do that because the coach did something. And then the coach winds up leaving, goes someplace else and coaches. Meanwhile, these kids are stuck there. And they can't <laughs> play in the next year in, this, in the tournament. That's not right. No. No, it is not. Yeah. What do you so think about the – Go ahead. Sorry, What's go this ahead. thing about Pasquale and, uh, and, and Wiggins? Pull that up for me. Yeah, sure. Well, this is just Eric Pascal. He was the, the lone Warriors representative in All-Stars Weekend. Uh, he was playing in the Rising Stars Challenge. And um, he was asked about Andrew Wiggins and his, uh, you know, just wanted his, he was asked what his thoughts were about the trade and the addition. And here is Eric Pascal talking about Andrew Wiggins. Andrew's a great guy. Very quiet, but uh, great guy. Just loves the game of basketball. Uh, crazy physical tools in terms of just like athleticism like yesterday he caught a lob and it was i was like how did he catch that but a uh, great guy great all-around teammate Andrew. good to hear yeah yeah that is yeah you in yeah. your opinion do you think he's a trade is he, he's a trade bait or do you think they're going to keep him what do you what do you think about no that? i here's the thing he, he's he's like we talked about he's the decent three-point shooter i mean he shoots like around 33 which is acceptable that's 50 from twos and i would think being around steph and clay and whatever that they'll help him hopefully to become an even better three-point shooter and i think it'll be he's going to have more fun playing the game with the Warriors' style of basketball using that athleticism but using it in a constructive manner learning how to use your quickness learning how to set guys up learning how to back cut I mean, I just think it's, it's that's the way you want to play the game. It's just so much more fun to play it that way than having to do everything one-on-one. I'm so right. sick of all the one-on-one stuff. Me I mean, too. Yeah, I can, Me too. you can use it sometimes, but to rely totally on it is, I, I don't know, it's, it's just not fun. I don't think it's fun for the other players. I mean, certainly in certain situations, you try to do the other stuff, just like what the Bulls did for years with Michael, right? The triangle offense, they moved, they cut, they passed, they did all the good things you want to do. And then if things got bad with five seconds to go, Michael had the ball and he finds a way to go ahead and score, get a shot or do something. Well, the Warriors have guys that can do that. Wiggins can probably do it. And obviously, mm-hmm. we know Steph can do it. So you need to have somebody like that on your team as well, but it shouldn't be the focal point of your offense. No, I, no, I personally, I'd be happy. If, uh, if Wiggins was a long-term fix, fixture on this team. But the reason why I asked if you think he might be traded is, the, is this summer the Warriors could present a trade package to other teams. I mean, Philadelphia might be high on this list. Where you package Wiggins, mostly for the dollars, right? Because anytime you make a trade in the salary cap era, the salaries have to match or come within 90% of the value. So you could, in theory, propose a trade that sends Wiggins a lottery pick this year and the Wolves lottery pick next year for a star player. 
And I could see the Warriors making those kind of proposals. And I can't think of any team besides maybe the 76ers that you would throw that to, right? Whether it's Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. I can't think of other teams, really. I I look briefly to see who they can make that kind of trade proposal to. But I'm I'm hearing some rumblings that the Warriors might make those kind of proposals in the summer. I'd be happy if Wiggins stayed. Uh, and I'm glad to hear you, you agree. I, I, I think he's a great part of this team. I think he's a well, great fit. Here's what, here's what the deal is, is that with him there, and especially if he improves his three-point shooting accuracy, you have three, you'll have three outstanding three-point shooters who can all go to the basket and all know how to can play the game offensively the way you like to see it played. I, my big thing is I haven't had a chance because of the way the team plays to see how he plays without the ball. Does he really understand back-cutting things of that nature? But that's something you can learn. It's not difficult. Um, and I'd have to look a lot closer to be able to see that. But you have three players. You can't defend a team who has three perimeter players who can all shoot the ball because you have to play them honest. And so what that opens up is it just opens up all kinds of opportunities for trying to go to the basket and create things for yourself. It's very difficult. I mean, now, of course, he's not a KD who can get a shot anytime he wants because of his size and being able to shoot over most guys who are going to be a lot shorter than he is but he's still a very capable offensive player. And you have three guys on your team that can get you 30 on any night. It's a nice thing to have. It's nice, nice. And then it's a matter of, it's still a decision has to come. Who are they going to keep from this team to be the other players, the, you know, the, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth men on the team. And that's where the evaluation is coming in as to who, who was that going to be? And then I think they, they may use something as far as their, their draft pick, unless they think they get somebody that's going to be great for them at the center position. Uh, you know, maybe get a rim protector. You got to get somebody, you got to have a big guy to do something, at least if nothing else defensively for you at times. So I, I just think that they need a real quality big. I mean, it doesn't have to be a superstar big, obviously, but somebody who can fill that role, somebody who can catch you some points inside, but also can block some shots and protect the rim for you play a little bit of defense it'll be interesting to see what they do in that area yeah i agree i mean if if they get the number one pick or if james wiseman is is available to them whatever number they get i think that might be the solution right there um but you're right because right now mark chris i believe is the only somewhat legitimate center they have on their roster I, I, that's it uh you know shifting gears for a second here i mean staying on the wiggins topic but uh anthony slater of the athletic um sent out a tweet uh, or, or, or he wrote a story, I'm sorry, and included within that story, he quoted an, uh, one of the Warriors coaches, and he maintained anonymity in this, but the Warriors quote coach was quoted as saying, since the trade, they're having more fun, and the puzzle now fits. I think that's completely innocuous, but some people are saying that's a dig at D'Angelo Russell. Um, do you take issue with that, or do you think that's as harmless as I think it is? No, he's just making an observation that he fits in better with the team. I mean, that, that's not having to say anything about Russell as a person or anything. It's just that, uh, I mean, he's, he's putting up some nice numbers. Put that back up, the thing on, your, on the screen for me with the numbers that we had there for, uh, Here we go. for Wiggins. I mean, those are nice numbers. I mean, seriously, numbers, 23 Very points, nice. four assists. 2.3 steals, 1.7 blocks for a game mm-hmm. so far this season. Shooting, and here's the thing, it's even better than I thought, 58% from the field, and he's been shooting over 53% from deep. 
I love this kid personally. I so think it's a it's, great pickup. You know, there's, I, I, I would have no issue with him being there and being a part of what they're trying to build for next season. I really wouldn't have any issue with that whatsoever. Because here's a kid that, and this happens to a lot of players, it takes a while to adapt to the NBA game and get your comfort zone. Because he was, he was, people were writing him off as a bust, if you they, remember. They started to. Even yeah. though the numbers, the numbers don't agree well, with no, that. No, I'm not but, talking yeah. this year. I'm talking about from, you know, a couple of years, a couple of seasons. They're saying, ah, oh, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But, well, he's, he's, that, show me another guy in the league that's putting up those numbers. You know, how many guys in the league are putting up those kind of numbers? Seriously. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, and even, even a few years ago, his numbers weren't bad, but he was, again, he's a number one pick. And I think the expectations were very high. He was being compared in terms of playing style to Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I love it. I, I personally, I think he's a great fit. And in, in, in my opinion, from my observation, he's ideal as your number three or number four guy. I don't think at this point, I think you can make the safe assumption now that he would not yeah. thrive being your number one or number two guy, right? Well, pull this up. What, 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 let's see about what, what Steve Kerr thinks about Wiggins with the puzzle for the Warriors there. I mean, they were, they were talking about that right under the thing there in the related story. Oh, oh. Uh, let's go up. Just go up a little bit up. Yeah, right there. It's right, it's right there. Just go slowly and just Sorry. put it on there. Go down now. I mean, so up with the screen on this thing. So you go up and right under the story that we have there that we were talking about. Keep going. Keep going. Right there. Related. Oh, right here. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So I'll click on that. Um so here's Steve Steve Kerr. He's he's saying he says that that now it's our job for him to really get a feel for our team and how we play. It's good. We have a couple of months left in the season to help him along, and I think he's going to make a big impact. I think it's a really good addition for us. So, I mean, you know, the coach is happy with what's going on. Uh, where is it here? Here's what he came on. It's perfect. To be perfectly blunt, the fit was questionable when we signed him. Okay? Mm -hmm. Nobody questioned it. When you already have Stephen Clay and you add a ball-dominant guard, you can rightfully question the fit. And he said, it helps us put the puzzle together going into next year once Steph and Clay are back. He fits right in with them and Draymond, so it's a nice addition. And that's what we're talking about here. I mean, mm -hmm. So obviously the coach feels that way. And, uh, yeah, his first few games at the Warriors, he's still putting up nice numbers, over 20 points. Uh, actually, almost you know three and a half assists and shooting 53 from the field. I don't know what he's shooting from threes. But anyway, I think it's, it's what we oh, had 53. thought. No, he's shooting. He's shooting fifty-eight percent from the field and fifty-three percent from from the three-point range so far. Okay, because I'm saying incredible. here, say while shooting fifty-three point eight from the field, it doesn't say. This story's a little shooting. older. This story's a little older. Okay, so if he's still, if he's still, yeah. if he's shooting those kinds of stats and everything, then it's it's even better than I thought. And if he can maintain yes. that, then it's definitely a great fit. And I think that maybe they said they were a little. They didn't know if it was going to work or not. I think you and I both felt that you know, he should fit in. Yes. And, and Rick, from the eye test perspective, in terms of actually watching him out there, doesn't he look like a commanding presence? I mean, I, I'm, every time he's on the floor... Here's the difference. He has confidence in his abilities now. He believes in himself now. You, oh, you're, you're getting me excited, Rick, saying that. You see, it's about having confidence. You have to believe in yourself. Mm. Okay? And for him to know that a team like the Warriors, that it has, have been such a... a exceptionally good team for the, that five-year period of time also believe in him and think enough about him to bring them to their team just adds more confidence to his game knowing he's won it and you got a chance that you're going to have a better chance to win 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited. For, I'm excited for two things right now in terms of the NBA. One is the playoffs. I really want to see, I want to see just the Western Conference Finals, you know. Uh, and two, I'm excited for next year. I want to see this Warriors team. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm yeah, a lot of decisions still have to be made. So, yeah. but it's a, like we've said, it's a work in progress and mm -hmm. things are moving along in a positive direction right now, much more so than uh, a few months ago. But, but I, <laughs> yes. I, I want to bring this up because you know that I talked about the one situation with KD is that why did he leave and all? And so now some more stuff has come out about it. Yes. And, and it's uh, not exactly, so you know, the kind of things that I, I first of all, you, you can't, take what happens on the court off the court and we understand it's happening in an unreal environment. And you just, you just got to let it go. I mean, you don't have to go to dinner with your teammates and stuff if you didn't want to and everything, but if the guy is there and you've got people to help you win and it, it's a one-time incident and it doesn't happen again, put it in the, it's in the past, forget it and move on. And you're talking about and you, I'm and talking about KD saying yes. that the incident with the with the situation with Draymond during that one game when it happened, he got on his case and doing everything and some of the things that were said. He said that he had made up his mind at that point. He distanced himself and removed himself, and was one of the main reasons why he was going to leave. Do you want to hear the sound of Durant? Durant for some reason won't stop talking about it. I love it. And you're right; he's never fully given a, a clear, definitive reason for why he left the Warriors. I mean, we're just making assumptions mostly, or trying to read between the lines. Kevin Durant was on uh, the All the Smoke podcast. This has become a fairly relative, a fairly entertaining program. It stars Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, um, and Durant was with him for over an hour. And this is the part of the interview where they asked him about that Draymond Green incident last year in LA against the Clippers. And here is Durant. So what you guys are going, you win, and like I said understanding and being around and, and 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 knowing draymond when that shit happened in la i'm like yeah damn like i understand him because he's wears his heart on the sleeve always speaks from the cuff and most of the time it's right you mean but the shit he said was yeah. over the motherfucking line it was you know out of line. so how did that happen how did run me through that i mean it really came out of nowhere i didn't i mean we the play happened I was going to grab a rebound. He came and grabbed it. I'm thinking he's going to just toss it to me and we're going to run up court and I'm going to shoot the shot. The whole world thinking that, not just you. <laughs> Everybody thinking Draymond, that. come off the pill, my nigga. I fuck with you, but come off the rock right there. Everybody in the world knew you were supposed to come off the yeah, rock. Yeah, everybody knew that. And we all figured that that would happen. And then when it didn't, I was kind of shocked. And then I was just like, oh, Dre, like, let me see that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what you doing? Then he turned it over. I'm like... I'm just so confused at that point because he never, ever did nothing like that before. And everybody on the bench was confused, too. And then we came back. Then I just heard him screaming. And I was like, hold up. And he usually screaming when he come back to the bench. But what is he saying? Then he started going off. And I'm just like, maybe it's because I was, like, fucking pissed that he didn't give me the rock. Because I didn't say nothing. It was just in my body language. I was just clapping and just but, like, but For your defense, Clay had Clay was pissed, too. Clay I mean, was look pissed at the video. Too. Clay pissed, too. Like... Don't want us to rock. Yeah. You know, you can't hit a house in the kitchen either. Yeah, You exactly. want us to rock and let us shoot the bitch. So, man, then he started coming off the top with all of that stuff. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, Draymond was a is actually my friend. Like, it's somebody I can call when I'm going through anything. Like, yo, bro, great, come, great dude. come through. Like, great damn, dude. bro, let's hang out tonight. Like, and for him to say that type of shit to me, it just threw me for a loop. And it was just really, I just started isolating myself after that because I didn't feel like 
you know, they suspended Draymond, but it was just like they had to so it won't look bad to everybody else. It, and then nobody talked to me about it or really, like, we never really came to an agreement that it, it, we didn't even we didn't even voice our nobody as a whole because it happened in front of the whole team and nobody really talked about it. It was just swept under the rug and to me it's just like we're a family. We supposed to like even if he said that we can move past it. Right. But let's all talk about it. Let's just say how we all felt about that moment because that's a huge moment in this whole dynasty. Like you know what I mean? Don't just sweep it under the rug because we want to win. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we're not gonna win. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was like, let's just all talk about this. It's not that big of a deal. Like just put it out on the table. We can move past it. And when that didn't happen, I was just like, fuck it. Let me just hoop and worry about myself. And we went on. Well, see, I think that probably hurt y'all. Because if y'all would have came out and he would have heard more people saying, bro, you should have passed the ball. Bro, you should have passed yeah. the ball. I think he would have came outside himself and realized, like, you know what? Maybe I overreacted. Yeah, it was. But he never got a chance to say that. Yeah, I mean, Draymond, we all know what Draymond is. And it's like, it's not, it's fine that you can, that you want to do that, that you want to show your emotions and wear them on your sleeve. That's fine. But when it's over the line sometimes, let's just yeah. talk about it. So next time you can you tone it down just a bit. And I feel like we didn't have the opportunity to do so because we were so focused on trying to just move forward and win. Right. And I get that too, but it's like, if we're a family and we- We gonna hash it out and then we gonna move forward Yeah, we done, right. we done won two chips together. Right. Bigger than like, right. this ain't, this is just right. some, this some right. shit that's, we yeah. to talk about. That's, that's, why, that's enough right there. We, so right. here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal. So Stephen, Stephen Jackson is absolutely right and same thing in talking about what happened here. And even he was right. So why didn't they just say it? If, Katie, if this bothered him so much, then look, we need to talk about this. I mean, I why didn't he speak up? I know I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. Why? Why would he? I mean, if if Steve didn't do it, and they should have done it, I agree with it. That should have been something that should have been addressed after yeah. the game, and talked about. Say, guys, we can't have this. Okay, Draymond, we know what you're like and doing stuff, but that's taking it over the limit. And I think you have to understand and realize it. And I think you owe an apology to to KD about that. I mean, they should have talked about it. again. Lack of communication in the world is one of the reasons we have wars. Absolutely. Interpersonal and, communication. And, yes. and, and to think that for him to take the position saying, I mean, I think if he looks back on it, I think he has to understand and realize that he made an error himself. If he was that concerned about it and it impacted him that much, he should have brought it up and say, we need to talk about it. And as a team, and if the team wasn't going to do it, you can't get made at them and say, well, screw it. I'm just going to go and take care of myself and forget it. No, work it out. Work it out. Do you have too good a thing going here to allow an incident like that to have such a dramatic impact on him to the point that he said, I'm ready to leave the team, to leave the team. Sad. It's very sad. Seriously. Very you know, sad. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in my opinion, this is also a huge uh, symbol of the failings of sports media. I mean, if, if I'm a reporter and I heard this interview and I saw this, and this, this happened uh, nearly two weeks ago, right? It was February 5th. We're recording this today on February 18th. The first thing I would do as a journalist is ask Draymond, why didn't you guys follow up? Why didn't you apologize? I mean, these comments are out there. Bay Area sports media, especially. And look, Connor Latour, a reporter of the San Francisco Chronicle, actually wants to come on our podcast. You know, we can discuss this after the show if you want him on. But I would love to ask him and anyone else, why are you not asking these questions? The whole, all of last year, when Kevin Durant was just completely ambiguous and not being straight about his future plans. Why were there not any journalists flat out asking him, Kevin, you do realize if you simply state your intentions next year, these questions will go away. Why don't you just even lie 
and say you're committed to the Warriors. This would not have been a topic that would have hung over the whole team the entire year. Bay Area media is so pathetic in this regard. They do not ask the questions that need asking. And again, two weeks has gone by. Nobody's hey, asked the Warriors just, anything. It's not just Bay Area. I told it's you when he was on the show, yes. when he was on with Stephen A. Smith and, and Max Kellerman and stuff, and they did the deal there. They didn't really get into it. He brought something up that it have a little bit. They've, they, they had a chance to really get into it. Yeah. And they never did. I mean, so here they are because he's probably here. He's more comfortable. He's sitting with two of his contemporaries. That's why I try to tell people when you have someone that they don't feel threatened by, these are not mm -hmm. media guys. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like the media. It's a respect thing, right? I mean, he respects his peers. Right. And so he was you know, sitting down yeah. talking with these guys doing it, and he was more at ease and came out and gave more to us here than he ever gave on a national show with supposedly, you know, two of the you know guys that have a big rated <laughs> show and doing everything because they didn't ask the question. They right. had a great opportunity to really dwell, delve into this and find out, you know, why he left. What was the reason behind leaving? And now we find out that this was, a, it was more than just one of the factors. It was the major factor, it seems, yeah. based upon what he said, that he just removed himself from it all, and they never talked about it. It's like making the proverbial mountain out of a molehill. This should have been a molehill. This is something that should never have developed into a major, major problem for this team and these players had they addressed the issue immediately when it was over. And, and you have to give some fault and everything, I think, to, to the Warriors themselves. Like he said, he didn't think they handled it as well as they should have. And again, Rick, I, but again, I, I'm curious to get the other's perspective. Like, I would, I would love it if someone asked Kerr to comment on this. I would love if someone asked Draymond or Steph or Clay comment on this, May, or even Andre Iguodala, even though he's with the Heat now. I'm curious to know what their perspective is because they might come out and say, we did talk about it. I mean, I, we saw the next day, we saw Durant and Draymond having that one-on-one -on -one conversation during practice, really not getting into it heated, but really having a, a long discussion with each other. Was that not enough? Yeah, I, mean, I don't, that's to say, we don't know everything that happened. He's telling yeah. us, and there's always two sides to every story. Heaven knows that because I remember once I saw when I was at college, I watched and I saw an accident take place. And I happened to see it, and I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go over and see what happened. So I went over. The police were doing it and doing it and, and said, I said, officer, I just want to tell you that I saw exactly what happened. And it was really interesting to hear the two sides of the story. I mean, everybody looks at things differently through one person's eyes or not exactly what the other person sees through their eyes. Yes. Point and of so view. this is the yeah. same situation here. It's the point of view. It's what takes place. And I don't know if we're ever going to get the full story. And again, you know what? Let's not go crazy over it. I got a little idea. So, okay, now this really did have a major impact on it. But were there other facts? My other thing is, what other factors? That's the question I would have asked. Okay, I see that. I think you guys might have made a mistake not talking about it. But what other factors came into your decision to leave? And, and he's said in other interviews that he had already pretty much made up his mind that he was going to leave before this incident happened. Because, because well, then I, why? I, That's what I want to know. That's the yes. thing. Okay. Before that yes. incident happened, why? I, I'm with why? you. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, it was the, whoever, the opportunity that people had, they blew it. Nobody really came out and put questions to him to help bring out a definitive answer as to why he left. I still don't know. We know this is a factor. We got that even from the Stephen A. Smith deal. 
And so anyway, play that right now because this again, we put this down. This will be for this show. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is, there we go. That, that's a perfect drive me crazy thing as to why <laughs> these kinds of things happen. Just communicate, communicate, talk about things. Don't let things that happen become bigger than what they should be. Perfect example. So this type of stuff does indeed drive me crazy without. Oh, this is the drive. Oh, so we've got to play the Oh, I'm sorry. I dropped the truth bomb there. And, no, it's a truth bomb. They can't handle the truth. I mean, the problem is, and it's a, and it's a drives me crazy. It's it's both. It's all wrapped up into one. They'll take care of both of them for today's show. Seriously. Beautiful. It drives me crazy to see it. And it's a matter of the fact that a lot of people can't handle the truth and a lot of people don't want to tell the truth. Seriously. I'm with you. A lot of people don't, a lot of people lie. I mean, just let's not even, I'm not bringing up politics, but I'll just say the word and that's enough. Okay. Right. I mean, seriously. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's insane to me the, the type of stuff that goes on. And those are the kind of things that it's, it's a shame when you see it happen. And I think we're both doing it because from a selfish standpoint, because we both love the way this team played. We loved watching them. It was such a, special time in the world of basketball to see what these guys did. I'm still so disappointed how the referees, if they didn't swallow their whistle, would have blown a flagrant foul on LeBron when he threw Draymond down to the green oh. and get suspended. I mean, that they win that championship as well. It was just... I, I love watching these guys play. I really, truly did. The only thing yeah. I love watching more in basketball was when I watched my own sons playing. But I love this team. I love the way they played the game when they played it the right way. And then I'd go crazy when i see them all of a sudden start going one-on-one -on -one and stop playing the way that they should be playing but they didn't do that that often thank god but yeah it's uh, it, it's it's unfortunate that this again could have been one of those unfortunate situations that could have been i think avoided unless and i'm not saying definitely unless there's other things like we say that he had made up his mind before this and i'd like to know what those other things are to see whether or not those are things that could have been dealt with to help change his mind. Rick, I would love to. You know, we, we need to, we need, I think, I'm going to start the pursuit. I think we just need to get Kevin Durant on this show. Get the answers ourselves. Why not? I'll try. It can't hurt to ask. Yeah, I'll try well, to get him I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to wind up doing that. We'll he see. I don't we'll know see. how much he likes talking about it and doing things, but I, I love, <laughs> you know, I love Kevin Durant. He's always been nice to me, very accommodating. Yeah. Ask him to take a picture with, you know, with my grandson or granddaughter or sign something. So he's always been really nice. And so I have all the players have been really nice to me and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to put Kevin Durant down. He's, he's a great, great basketball player. Sure. First ballot hall of famer. I'm just, disappointed because I loved him being in a Warriors uniform and love watching him play. And I'm just disappointed that not going to have that opportunity to see him in a Warriors uniform. I mean, I yeah. wish him well. I'll root against him when he plays against the Warriors, but I'm never going to, you know, say, ah, oh, screw him and everything. No, he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do. It would just be nice to find out why that's you know, why he left. That's uh, yeah. I'll always have that in my head as to trying to wonder why and what could have been, but it's not, I don't live in the past. You know, something happens you have no control over. Why do you want to cry over it? Why do you want to waste energy and emotion over something that you can't control anymore? It's done. You can't change it. <laughs> it's not coming back to the Warriors. Yep. 
So I think he's gonna he's gonna regret it. I really do think at some point he's gonna regret it. But uh, you, you, Rick, I, I didn't include this story in the notes, um, but it's definitely worth mentioning. Uh, and shifting gears from Durant, I don't get me wrong, I love talking about that all day. But the ratings for the NBA are down. We we talked about this a while ago, and and the folks over at Sports Business Journal gave an updated. Uh, article with some data that shows that 27 of the NBA's 30 teams, their local ratings are down a collective 13%. Those three teams that aren't seeing their ratings go down are the Utah Jazz, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Raptors. In the Bay Area, the numbers are down 60% from a year ago. It's obvious why. That doesn't but, surprise you, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But then, and then nationally... Ratings have dropped 12%. We saw, we've seen a 10% drop in ratings on ESPN, 13% drop on TNT, and a 16% drop in ratings on ABC. Those are substantial. Yeah, well, one of the reasons is that you don't have the Warriors. You don't have, yes. you know, you don't, you don't have the team that either people love or hate. And they were on TV quite a bit, getting to see them play and have very exciting players. And so I think that certainly has... Uh, has heard a great deal and but those type of things happen things go up and down the nice thing was is that i guess the last part of the all-star game the ratings are up from last year true this is true as well i'm sorry so and, and the biggest thing is going to be what's going to happen you know what's going to happen when they come come playoff time and, and see what's going on at that particular time and hopefully because i tell you what they may pick up mainly because here's the reason because there's a lot of battles going on for who's going to be in the playoffs this year and, and where they're going to be because it's not like everybody's running away with it i mean there's you just look at the statistics well rick if you don't if, if you don't mind me stopping you for a second because i do my 24 second shot clock question to you pertains to the standings Wow. Um, and, if, and in fact, I'll here. I'll pull up the standings real quick so you can look at them if you want. Uh, no, I've got, I've got the standings. Oh, you got them right in front of you. Okay, so yeah, no, my, I, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, okay. So let's go well, at the Eastern Conference. I mean, you got it's it's a battle. It I is mean, a battle. I mean, it's a battle to see who's going to be in those spots. And there's there's still a battle for the eighth spot. Uh, but then there's a pretty good battle for some of the other spots. But then if you go to the Western Conference, I mean. The Western Conference, I mean, my gosh, uh, there's, there's a heck of a battle. I mean, there's only five games between seven, five games between second and, and seventh. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, and only one, one game between second and third and fourth. I so, mean, Rick, here's, I mean, it's, it's a battle. Folks, you got to have your junk clean. Hair down there is just not acceptable anymore. Hasn't been for a long time. And the folks at Manscaped are taking care of you with the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. No more nicks and cuts Ooh, on your balls. Ouch. And their battery is a premium now. It lasts up to 90 minutes. They have an LED light, which illuminates grooming areas. They have a charging stand powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this product, Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV, that's Believe, short for the Believe Podcast Network, at manscaped.com. Again, go to manscaped.com. And if you use the free shipping code BLEAV, that's short for Believe, or at least the name Believe, but spelled in our way, you get 20% off. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. 
So, Rick, here's my question to you for the 24-second shot clock. This is the first time in recent memory where the, this, the number two seed is carrying some considerable weight, more so than I've noticed in the past, simply because of home court advantage and those second-round matchups, right? So my question to you is which two seed, in your opinion, is more important, in the Eastern Conference or in the Western Conference? Uh, I would say the Western Conference. It's because it's so much more competitive. You just have a better situation that exists. I mean, for these teams, as far as the, the, the record, who's going to finish there? So I definitely think it's the Western Conference. There's no, no doubt about that. Yeah, that home court advantage is huge. Because right now, in the, most likely in the East, in the second round of the playoffs, you're going to have the Raptors and the Celtics play But there's other. a and battle think, for that, though. I mean, yes. even if you look at the standings, I mean, right now, there's only one game difference between Boston and you know, Toronto and Boston. And so that's a big factor to see whether or not you're going to have that, you know, get that home court. Yeah. And because the home court means, although I don't think this, and I've, I think I've talked about it before. I don't think that the home court is as big an advantage in the playoffs as it is in the regular season. Interesting. Okay. Mainly because you're not playing back-to-back games. You're not doing all the excessive travel and you have your mind totally focused on that team. That is interesting. Yeah. So, so, and again, Toronto and Boston, I think, I think it's important for a young team like Boston. And we've also seen, I mean, look, Philly is technically still in it, but we've seen Philly, what they do at home versus well, on the road. The thing them. is, is if anybody needs the home court, it's Philadelphia. <laughs> oh my God. 25 and two uh, and nine and 19. Come on. That's crazy. Whew. Yeah. But, and, then, and, and, and it's not going to get easier for them. They got to go out on the road. Yeah, and, and a young Boston team. I look, they they look promising. I love what I'm seeing from Jason Tatum. You know, I put him in my top ten list for for the uh, that list we made earlier in the season for the value list, right? The price of admission. Um, but the, and then meanwhile in the Western Conference, I, look, I I don't have faith in the Denver Nuggets doing anything in the postseason. But if they have it, if they want a legitimate chance, them and Utah need that two seed if they're going to beat the Clippers in the second round, right? I mean, that's what I'm guessing. And I do love, by the way, I, I make the assumption a lot, and I'm hearing a lot of people make this similar assumption that the Clippers and the Lakers are going to play in the Western Conference Finals, but there is a very good chance the Clippers are not going to get three seed or the two seed, and we might see a Lakers-Clippers matchup in that second round. I mean, that's a strong possibility because, as, as you mentioned, five games separate two through seven. Yeah. <laughs> that's, cra- that's crazy. No, it's good, though. It's great for the league to have it that way. And that's why I'm thinking, you know, ratings may go up then because the games become much more important. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to be battling for those spots. And, and then it all comes down to because it's always not necessarily the record. It's, it's a lot of times certain teams match up better against other teams who have a much, a much greater, a much more superior record. Mm-hmm. But yet they have trouble with certain teams. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the way it works. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I've seen it happen over the years. A, a team knocks somebody off in the playoffs. Why? They had a much better record. They shouldn't have lost to them. But, yeah, but they had problems with that team during the regular season. They had a difficult mm-hmm. time with them because they just match up better against a better overall team with a record better. But that team just seems to do better against someone. I mean, it's, it, it happens. It's just it's the nature of the beast. So it's going to be fun. And a lot of these teams have been very surprising. Obviously, Dallas is a big surprise this year, doing as well as they're doing. Nobody expected, I think, them to do that. Oklahoma City, I don't think anybody ever expected that to happen after they lose another great player. I mean, you talk about a team that's done exceptionally well, thinking about the players that they've lost over the last five years or so. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're a 33 and 22 right now. They fleeced the Rockets in that trade. 
fleeced them. Two first round picks and Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. That's and, and you're well, not, well the they don't record. no, they've only fleeced them if they if they make good choices with the picks. True, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You're right. You know, That's so but true. they have a chance to to really make it pay off for themselves if they make the right decisions with it. And then you know, the, the Utah team has been interesting. They've been kind of like up and down. And Denver the same way. Utah and Denver have been very similar this season. You know, really kind of a, a roller coaster ride. You know, I think they're playing, both. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. Very interesting the way that they've gone about doing it. So it's going to be fun to see what happens. Uh, a lot of basketball still to play. And the team is probably the biggest disappointment. Who would you say is the biggest disappointment? It's Portland, I think. In the West? Yeah. Two teams. I would say Portland and Sacramento. I expected more from Sacramento. Yeah, I thought they well, would be a I wasn't even contender. thinking of them as well. But Portland was a team that you would have thought was, you know, going to be a playoff team. Yes. I mean, they're, no, they're five games out of eighth place right now. I mean, they're six Port- games below 500. Portland is a team that should have made the finals last year. I mean, that them getting swept by the Warriors from their perspective was a catastrophe. And now they're not going to make the playoffs with nearly the same team. I know they lost a few wings that were good defenders like Harkless, but or uh, I think, uh, but anyways, yeah, no, you're right. Portland. I mean, they still can make the playoffs. They're four well, games. No, they back still, they're going to have to, they're going to have to start playing some really good basketball to do it. Yeah. And then the one that's interesting is then they're back the same way. They're back even further because they only have 23 wins is the Spurs who break what 22 years in a row. They've been in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I do wonder if this is Popovich's last year. You know I mean? If it, I, I mean, do you, st- I mean, he's 70, he's going to be what 72 next year. I think, I mean, do, well, do you doesn't keep- matter? It can be, I mean, hello. Yeah, but this is, I think but, I know, but he's been doing it for so long, you know? I mean, I know, but if you love it, I mean, you know, you still got to get the right people. They just haven't had the personnel (laughs) that they need. And when they have the right people, they've done really well. And I admire the fact that he's changed his coaching philosophy to do things to help his team be competitive. But that's a long way to go. 22 years is a remarkable record. It really, truly is. So hopefully it'll work out for him. But here's the thing that's happened again that I talked about about these teams is that it, it seems to happen every year. And I was saying early in the year, remember I talked about it saying, wow, it's unbelievable that the uh, Eastern conference has got a lot of teams with good records. Well, now it goes back down that you've got two teams that'll probably be in the playoffs that may not even be 500 teams. Whereas <laughs> in, the, in the Western conference, that's why it's so much more competitive. Yep. All the top, all the, the top eight teams all have records above 500. Yep. Yes, they do. So there's, no, is- there's no bargain in the West. So anyway, <laughs> they're not playing games. God, one team isn't playing. I don't think who's the Clippers don't even play their first game after All-Star until Saturday. Oh, my God. Wow. That's wow. a long layover. I'll tell you what, I'd be a little concerned because it's one thing to have off a couple of days and get yourself ready. But I'll tell you, if you go more than two or three days without really being super competitive, they have to be do some serious scrimmaging. You're going to lose a little bit of an edge because it's really a fine-tuned thing. I didn't mind, you know, get a day off here a day or two. But, boy, you, you go past that. And you'd lose a little something. You really do. <laughs> you know, Rick, I wanted to conclude the show today um, uh, with Michael Jordan. It was his 57th birthday earlier this week. And, and I saw this clip of him being asked if, how he feels about being called the greatest ever. And I thought his answer was a beautiful example of humility, which we, do, which we never really have enough of in this world. Uh, do you want to hear this clip real quick? Uh, yeah, sure, I would. All right, it's about a minute in length. Here we go. If you care about being called the greatest basketball player ever, does that does that matter? Do you want that? Um, I don't want it in a sense because I think it disrespects Will Chamberlain, uh, Jerry West, you know, all the guys that prior to me, I never had a chance to play against. You know, what everybody's saying I am, I never had the chance to compete against other legends that, that was prior to me. Um, and when I hear it, I cringe a little bit because, you know, it's 
It's a little bit embarrassing because no one knows, you know. I never had the chance to once again to play against those guys, you know. Um, I would love to have played against them, but I never did, you know. And for you to say that I'm better than him, I mean, it's your opinion. You know, it's their opinion. I accept that as their opinion. If you ask me, I'm, I would never say that I, I'm the greatest player, you know. And that's because I never played against all all the people that represented the league prior to Michael Jordan. Okay, and, and, that's, and that's very nice of him to say, and it gets back to my thing. It is insane to say anybody is the best player in the team sport. I go back to it. It's like a broken record. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. But no, actually, I don't apologize because it's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. You can't compare Michael Jordan to Will Chamberlain, to Bill Russell. To P- it's a matter of position. Michael, in my mind, is still the greatest two to ever play the game of basketball mm-hmm. and one of the most exciting players to ever play the game, but he's not the greatest basketball player ever because it's foolish. Again, we're going to compare uh, uh, who I admire so much, Sandy Koufax to Willie Mays. No, very different positions. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you can't do that. Yeah. Now, I admit the way the game is going now, guys are, 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 are playing, you know, centers don't, there isn't even a real true center like we used to have in the old days. I mean, they're not even on the all-star ballot, which is still amazing to me. Crazy. And, yeah. and so it's a little bit crazier there. And guys can play multiple positions. I mean, LeBron could probably, you know, play, he plays the point a lot of the times of doing things, but he's basically a three. You know, and, and Michael was a two who could play the three if you wanted him to do it, who could play the point if you had to play, but he's a two. Okay, and if you just go at it that way, then it's a lot easier to have a discussion who you think was the greatest in their position. That makes a lot of sense. And it really does, and we won't because I've used it before, drive me crazy when I hear all of these <laughs> sports people talking about, well, he's the greatest player in the game today. No, he's the greatest three. He's the greatest two. He's the okay. greatest point guard, whoever it may be. All right. So anyway, um, we got games that are coming up. I will have to say this, that hopefully I will make it back safely in an anaconda or well, tell a python. Going, tell everyone the story. Where, where are you going? Away I am here? heading I am heading to uh, Manaus, Brazil, and then flying out and going into the wilderness of the Amazon uh, to go peacock bass fishing. And uh, with, my, yeah, with my friend, <clears throat> Greg Batchelor, uh, who I've done a lot of fishing with. Actually, isn't you? I met him on a safari in South Africa with my wife, Lynn, in Canyon, and his wife, Star, and we've gotten to be good friends, and we both love fishing, and so this is like our fourth fourth major trip that we're taking, and so I'm all pumped up. I just got all my stuff together. I was late getting on with you because the guy put my line the backwards on my reels <laughs> for my fly rods. And really? Had to take him apart. Yeah, I had to take him apart and do it again. He had him going the wrong way. So anyway, I'm really excited. What does that mean exactly backwards? Well, you put them on a certain way so that when you reel it, I use a left-hand reel on my fly rod. Some people reel with the right hand. And so when you reel it, it has to reel the line in. Right. You put it on so that if you reel it, the oh, real was, the line was, was going out. the opposite way. It was. It was. I didn't think you'd do so, that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, that is crazy. I'm excited Wait, I'm, about. I'm just, it. I'm just enamored that your friend's wife is named Star. Yeah. That's it. That's a very unique name. I actually have two friends, Bill Reed, who was a, 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 a who used to run the PGA, all of the PGA uh, uh-huh. golf courses. And uh, his brother, Mike, played on the tour for years and years and years. Uh, he's been a good friend of mine forever, ever since I was out in San Francisco area. And um, his wife is Star. So I, that's me. I have two friends whose wife's name is Star. 
that is random. And how long are you uh, in the Amazon? For? I'll be, I'm, I'm leaving on Thursday. I don't get back until I get the 20th. I don't get back until March the 1st. And then I'm getting in oh, and wow. going up okay. and taking my older brother, Dennis, out to, to dinner for his uh, birthday with uh, his Beautiful. lovely lady, Sharon, and my, my, his daughter, Brenna. So uh, that'll be nice to have a chance to, uh, to see him. He'll be 80 years old. Uh, at oh, that's birthday. a big one. That's yeah. a big one. All right. Beautiful. Have fun. All right. so well, we, anyway, I hope doing... everybody has a good time. I, I'll, I'll yeah. talk to you to the first week in March. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure that a lot of things will happen. I probably won't learn about them until I do get back because I'm sure <laughs> I don't have internet service where I'm going to be. I and, think and, and what I'm dreading, you know what I'm dreading most about this whole what, thing? What? what? The number of freaking emails and stuff I'm going to have when I get back. Oh, not mosquitoes. Oh, so you're, not, you're, you're not worried no, about No, no. Actually, you know, because of the of the way that it is and the, the trees and stuff they have there, they even said they don't have a real big bug problem down there in the Amazon. That's shocking. Which is that awesome. Is shocking to me. Yeah. Rick, before you go, by the way, since we're not doing this again for close to two weeks, I want to mention everyone, go to cameo.com if you want to get a yep. personalized message from Rick Barry. Uh, you can follow Rick Barry on social media and all platforms at Rick 24 Barry. You can follow this show's podcast uh, on Twitter at Warriors 24 Pod. That also applies to Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Rick, I'm going to miss you, man. Looking forward to doing yeah, this. Yeah, well, I hope everything goes well for what you're doing and have a great, uh, great week and a half or so. And look forward to talking next time, folks. Stay well. God bless. And just remember, love your family and your friends because... As we all know, in the tragedies that happen here, you just never know when your time is up. So make the most of it. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 